Bidulao. Watch your back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you. Watch your back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you. Watch your back. Watch your back. Oh, there's a chance is coming from Hey, Douglas. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Good. Uh, this is Crimes of the Bastlands. Yeah. We are a true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. And we focus on crimes that occur in the Basque Country or around the world with any tenuous link to the Basque Country. That is us indeed. Yes. So, tonight, we're drinking Musker. Musker, yeah. Yep. Apple cider. Mm-hmm. So, and it's from from Astigarraga. Yes, which Astigarraga. is just south of Donostia, yeah, in San Sebastian. Well, there you go. So tonight we're doing a cheeky sode. Yes, a mini episode. It's not. It's never usually mini. It's, it's not a, it, any shorter than normal, other episodes usually. But normal it's just size mini headlines. We're just talking about sh- small stories, short stories. Yeah, that's yeah. The one. So not going very in depth into stories. Just yeah. talking about what's been happening around this part of the world. Yeah. Or in the world. Also. With other Bascos, right? Exactly. And you're going to have the first story. Yeah, my first I story hear. is... Okay, so when it comes to these cheeky sods, I figure if I'm going to talk about something really horrible, let's go with it at the beginning. And then we can go out yeah. with a nicer, lighter... Oh, right. Yeah, that makes we'll sense. We'll end on more of a lighter note. Okay? Yeah. So this really horrible story is out of Oreo, mm-hmm. which is also in Gipuzkoa. It's not too far from San Sebastian. Okay. Down the coast. I've been to Oreo. Have you? I don't think so. On the coast, you say, though. I yeah, might... it's like it's like along the Camino de Santiago. So I've been um, doing separate routes mm-hmm. along the Camino mm-hmm. from starting in Denosti, and then I do different etapas. Or stages, oh, really? I guess I should say. Oh, that's sweet. So, with, that. with Bobby, so we take, you know, to one city, and then we'll stop there and have lunch. And then the next time we'll take the train to that city where we stopped and do the next yep. stage yep. to the next city and well, have lunch. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, so, and Oreo's is just a little, you know, small town on the coast. It is very sweet. Just along from Donostia, really. And was Zaraus, that, yeah. Was that one day? That's the first, yeah, the first guys? stage from, mm-hmm. that was the first time, yeah. For the people to understand, the Camino Santiago goes to Santiago, de Compostela uh, or, in... Uh, San, what is it? In St. James. St. James, yeah. Of, of Compostela, okay. which is a town in, in Galicia. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very old thing, but like in the 70s or 80s, nobody was doing it. Mm. Uh, like you would go to this as a kind of religious procession. No, right. pilgrimage. 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 Yeah. Thank you. So anyway, in the eighties, it wasn't really happening until somebody wrote a book. Yes, I think it was this. There's a book. There's a movie. Some Brazilian yeah. guy, I think. Anyway, it it so the, the 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 this one interior one is the one that got popularized first. Oh. And so because of that, it has pretty regular hotels like. Every fifteen kilometers. So. Yeah, hostels. They're more like exactly. Yeah. They're more like a yeah hostel type situation where you're sleeping in 
like dorm kind yeah. of situation with bunk beds. With... Originally, that's the thing though. Like yeah. originally, but they I... still are. They do, yeah, A yeah. lot of them are still like You that. still do. It's, but it's up to you really where you want to stay. Yeah, you can stay wherever you want, Exactly. But you, yeah. because there's lots of... But you of, get like a discount if you're on the... You Sometimes, depending on the hotel you place. Right. But if it's a like a municipal hostel thing, you there's all sorts of discounts. And mm. it's really cheap to do, which is mm-hmm. why a lot of people do it. Yeah. Anyway, I did the southern one because... Well, first because my friend was doing it. All the way to Galicia. From Burgos. Really? So that was what? So you did the whole thing to Santiago? Yeah, it was like 21 days, I think. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So, but what was funny as well, though, was so, so this friend of mine, Bridie. Hi, Bridie, if you're hi, listening. Hi. I don't know who you are, but hi. It's, you know, <laughs> she's Australian and we met studying Japanese in Japan. Okay. And so, anyway, so she, she was, when we went, we went down to Burgos. She lasted like two or three days <laughs> and she was like, okay, I'm just going to get a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then. And then you walked the whole rest of the way? I just walked the rest of the way. Yeah. Oh my God. Because the whole thing of the Camino is for me, I found extremely addictive, which is you kind of get up in the morning, you see yeah, some people. Yeah, I can see how that is. Yeah. And then you say hi and then you kind of have lunch and you see other people and then you get to the, e- the evening to the, the next place and then you settle in and then you might see that those people that you were walking to and said hi to you during the day might Mm -hmm. be sleeping there Mm -hmm. or you might have dinner together or just have a drink afterwards in a bar Mm -hmm. and it's just this moving community of people yeah yeah plus there was a lot of Camino love in my group so oh things happening spicy exactly exactly (laughs) canadians meeting americans Americans meeting Europeans. It was very interesting. They don't talk about that in the movie. No, the no. There's all sorts, of, all sorts of caminos. Well, that was the best. It's so a I, hookup scene. It's it was a hookup scene. Yeah, not, nothing concrete happened with me, but it, there was there was there was tension in the air. <laughs> so it was quite fun. I, well, really I had no idea you actually did it. Really recommend it. Well, this story was um, the 17th of May. At around 5.20 p.m., so middle of the day, mm. on Aranzale Street, Fisherman Street, right outside of a children's Very. park, uh, there was a woman sitting on a bench who was approached by her ex-partner. Hmm. They had planned to meet, apparently. Okay. People who knew them. There probably. was a, what sounded like an explosion, oh. and then their two bodies what? were just... Oh bloody and <gasps> horrible right oh. there on the street wow. but it turned out that uh, it, her ex-partner had come and shot her oh my with a sawed-off shotgun and oh. then killed himself oh directly after wow so this woman shocking yes shocking of course like in the middle of the, middle the day of the street right next to a Kids park, like yeah. a little playground. Now I realize the relevance of that piece of information. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> oh my Ouch. gosh, poor people. Yeah. So her name was Maria Lourdes del Hoyo. She was a native of San Sebastian, mm. but she was a resident of Orio. She was forty-seven and a mother of two, a sixteen-year-old and a twenty-year-old. Oh man. So, and these were from a previous relationship, though. Mm. So, this person, this ex-partner of hers, they'd only dated for uh, a year. And then wow. the relationship ended. And it sounds like 
it sounds like they had planned to meet for whatever reason, and then he just came and killed her. Wow. And then killed himself. The man who committed the crime was Alberto Casado. He was born in Orio, and he was about 50. Hmm. He was a fisherman and a futsal coach. I don't know what that means. Futsal is like football de sala. So it's okay. football that's indoors. Okay. So I don't know what you call that in English. but He lived just like 200 meters from where this happened. Hmm. And apparently he had a coffee in a bar nearby before he went and did this. And so like the sound of it made a lot of the neighbors think that it was an explosion. The sound of it made it... They were like, oh my God, there was an explosion. Mm-hmm. So they sent... Uh, the Archainta sent out like a bomb squad right. to investigate first to uh-huh. see what the heck happened. Mm-hmm. And apparently he was carrying it in like a shoe box. It's a, a gun. shoe box, yeah. Okay. And it turned out it was a a gun that was a sawed-off shotgun that mm-hmm. was registered in his name, that he was the registered owner and legally possessed, right. but had manipulated it to make it illegal. Um, so and had no like is- no background of violence or anything Mm -hmm. you know but i was you know i think she had never um called him out for violence or like pressed any charges against him for violence he had no former charges for violence but i often think like so many people don't report that stuff yeah you know like if it happens in the relationship they often just say ah okay nope i'm done i'm out you know, like, I'm not putting up with this. So they just leave. If they've got enough. So maybe that's what happened here. Like, she's like, got enough like, nah. space to do that. Sometimes it's, yeah, it's too late, even. Yeah. So like maybe that. she she left when it looked like he might be violent. and. Yeah. Wow. That's so sad. Yeah. Very sad. Mm. Wow. So that's the first story I had. And so that's the worst story I have for yeah. today. So there you go. I got the bad one out of the way. But it was very shocking. Like, yeah. Really shocking. Like in the middle of a very small town. I don't yeah. even know how big Oreo is. It's tiny. Yeah. Just from the map on it's Google, really small. you can see it's tiny. L- literally. So people, I'm sure a lot of people knew them. Like, just really. Yeah. It's like 10 streets across and 7 streets yeah, wide. Yeah, it's nothing. That's about it. Yeah. But no. Yeah. Well, well, my feelings go out to the family. Poor children. That's and of course, really like a lot of these cases, there's been a huge outcry with machista crimes. Yeah. Like, this has got to stop. These partners killing their ex-partners. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. So. So there have been So there's lots protests. of lots of protests and memorials and. That's nice you know, to vi- hear. Vigils and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. People here are so nice, so nice about that. But really. Well, I people mean, are fed up with hearing about this. It's like. She was number something in machista crimes of this year. It's a good thing to keep track. Okay, the number of women that. murdered by gender violence in Spain rises to 18 this year. Hmm. And hmm. to 1202 since the statistics began in 2003. Hmm. That's so good... in Euskadi, she hmm. was the first woman murdered in 2023. Okay, that's good good to know. I mean, it is almost middle it's of the very, year. Yeah, I've, I've read also yeah that the stats here are much lower than the rest of the state. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Yeah. All right, we're back. We're back. Okay, so this story is not 
all that crazy, mm-hmm. but it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Had it happened, you know. Anyway, so a <laughs> let's see the roof of a polideportivo, which is like a sports center mm-hmm. or like a gym, gym, yeah, a, a, like a municipal School gym. gym yeah. It collapsed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Chili? Was anybody hurt? <laughs> no, nobody was hurt. That's why I'm Okay, laughing. we can laugh. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. It happened in the early hours, uh, like around 7 a.m., so before it was even open. Good. But the... So it collapsed. Some neighbors heard it. Okay. Still like, not getting the laughs, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just that they heard it and it... Um, <laughs> they were getting testimonials from residents around the area. Hmm. So it happened around 7 in the morning. And it was closed, right? So the because it occurred at that time, nobody was hurt. So it was like mm-hmm. in the um, court of like a paddle court. Paddle is a sport that's very popular here, but it's like a it's kind of like it's kind of like racquetball or squash. It's sure. like a similar type of um, for those of you who know those types of sports. It's like a closed in court. Okay. With walls, so you hit the wall with well, the ball. You're speaking to our heterosexual listeners. <laughs> I used to play racquetball. I have level four racquetball wow. at university. Look at that. <laughs> it was always my extra credit that I would get pass or fail. <laughs> so I'd try to fit in like a credit that I could get to get my student um, aid, your financial aid. Oh, right. In order to get the financial aid, you had to be a full-time student. Mm-hmm. So you would have to... Uh, be so many credits mm-hmm. per semester so I used to you know think okay I'm working and I've got to go to school so I had to I did some hard classes make maybe four hard classes but I still had a couple of credits that I need to fulfill to get the student or the financial aid right, right so right. it would always be like a sport so I did like snowboarding mm-hmm. or I did racquetball for four years so nice, I was like the nice. highest level of racquetball <laughs> Anyway, paddle is much like racquetball. It's in that type of court. Okay. Yeah. So the the ceiling collapsed into this court, and um, nobody was there. Nobody got hurt, and uh, yeah, they and, and it did not interrupt any of the other classes for the oh, they were for the day at the time. Oh, like, right. It collapsed, okay. and they just continued with the other. Oh. Like okay, well that court's out of commission, so let's not do PE. But nobody can rent out the paddle court for this day, but. But they did have other classes. I thought it was funny in the sense that, well, nobody got hurt, you know. So. Oh, it's good there. It's very good for that. Hmm. All right. Do you have a story for us? I do. Okay. I do. We're continuing a theme here. Okay. Um, Nicaragua. Back to Nicaragua. Yes. Nicaragua. And again, um, um, priests. All right. Ortega has been yes. changing his mind a lot. <laughs> Ortega. Yeah. If you read the Wikipedia, it's pretty random, right? He's like, he was just killing priests at first, and then he outlawed abortion, yeah. total 180, and now he's putting priests in jail again. Okay. Right? So this is what happened. He put uh, two, two people were sent to jail to two sacerdotes. So I'm, I'm translating sacerdotes. Sacerdotes, yeah. Like a, as priests, yeah, I think it is, and I think we're talking about the Catholic per- Church, so yes. we, we call them priests, right? So this is uh, a church in Managua, the capital. The two people who were taken to prison was Eugenio Rodriguez Benavides 
and Leonardo Guevara Gutierrez. And you wouldn't have thought it, right? But Guevara. Yeah, I didn't know that. Guevara means just under the top of the mountain. So not quite at the top of the mountain. Okay. At first they denied that these guys were even in prison. And then after a couple of days where they had disappeared and people were like, well... They just disappeared. Yeah, and then eventually they... So they were secretly arrested. They confirmed that they were under arrest. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They are accused of being involved with um, an NGO. Now, the reason why I'm very skeptical is because we were just checking just this this article actually says more than 3500 NGOs have been closed by the Nicaraguan government mm. over the last few years so mm. it's not like this NGO certainly did anything wrong i think uh, he's just mm -hmm. angry at NGOs so yeah the trouble brewing in Nicaragua still and uh, it was kind of funny because i just I just clicked Nicaragua and you got a Pasco and police or something. And sure enough, one of the surnames was Pasco. So, yeah. you know, just that, that's the comment. The go-to, the go-to story. As, yeah. But I think it's just as high in Cuba, to be honest. Probably. Me. Yeah. And a few sure. more places. But yeah. anyway, it's, since it was a theme of our podcast so far, I thought it was nice mm -hmm. for us to cover that story. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a story about some, 27 people that were arrested um, from Guipúzcoa, Navarra, Galicia, and um, País Basco, or Basque Country, mm -hmm. French Basque Country. Oh. Okay. 27. For, yep, 27 people. For trafficking, for illegal trafficking of angulas. Oh. So angulas is like the baby eels. Yeah. Right? And it's a very popular delicacy. I think they call them leaven in English, no? Leaven? I don't know. So? I don't know what they call them in English. So? So they're just like these little tiny baby eels, and they're very, they're very much a delicacy and very expensive. Mm -hmm. I've never eaten the real ones. I've never eaten the real ones either, because mm -hmm. they make a lot of fake ones yeah. that they put on top of pinchos. And there's a, I love and them. And it's like cod, but they paint them. Like, mm -hmm. they literally paint them to look like... A little line on the... They so, put a line on their back... To look like an eel, and then some little eyeballs. <laughs> they make little eyeballs on them well, to make them look. The cheap ones don't have eyeballs, but <laughs> <laughs> I've never eaten ones with eyeballs. But it's it definitely looks cute, and I I, I yeah I I've only seen them like in Japan, and when well, that's where they were sending them all. Of course they would to Asia. Of course they would. That's what happened. Okay, so they were all arrested. It was a macro operation, they say, against the illegal trafficking of eels, in which some mm, they carried out 30 simultaneous searches in homes, companies, and clandestine nurseries, or, or farms, I guess, hmm. in which they seized 1.5 tons of live specimens. Okay? Wow. These eels. And this was carried out by the Guardia Civil and the French national Gende... Maybe you can say Gendarmerie. It. Thank you. That was Gendarmerie, if you want yes. to do it more in Gendarmerie. <laughs> they were, they got all the live ones. They were intended to be sold to Asian countries. Seven tons of frozen batches were seized um, without traceability or sanitary controls. Mm. They were unsuitable for, for putting into the food market. Just, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and more than um, 2 million euros of assets were seized. Wow. Yep. So the Big recovered operation. eels that they ca- that they seized, the ones that were alive, mm-hmm. were returned to their natural environment to preserve their survival. Oh, nice. Yep. I found it uh, Angola in English. Oh, yeah. What is it? Can be Baby called- eel. Or Elver. Elver. Okay. I, I mixed it up. I think it said something similar to that, but I didn't say that. Okay. Uh, like so elf. this is a highly valued product in some Asian countries where its price reaches values of up to 5,000 euros a kilo. So for years, they've been, they've, they've been finding criminal groups and organizations that are dedicated to stealing batches of live eels and sending them to Asia. Yeah. So this was the group that they arrested were made up of both fishermen and commercial managers and wholesalers. Mm. They were a circuit, they were a legal circuit of supply to citizens of Chinese origin who had clandestine nurseries in in Paris mm. and Antwerp, mm-hmm. Antwerp in Belgium, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they would organize trips for people to Asia who through different European airports near the nurseries carried luggage containing the eel specimens. Wow. Yeah. So the the stuff that they were able to it says during the investigation, it was found that up to 14 tons of juvenile eel, so the baby eels, mm-hmm. and 31 tons of adult eel were removed from this Ill- this illegal chain of people, mm-hmm. which in the legal market would have reached the value of more than 6.7 million euros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's all I've got on that. But <laughs> well, I mean, it's very Basque now. It's story. super Basque. I mean, they love those here. Mm. I mean, it's I, like a Christmas time food. True. You know, like uh, those the, special the utmost times of the year. Yeah, they're a delicacy. It's like yeah, caviar, you know, or like... Mm-hmm. I'm a bit conflicted about that because it's like, well, I've, it doesn't doesn't matter that I've tried it or not, but the, the fact is... I've never tried the real thing. Yeah, no, me neither. But the weird thing for me is that I don't know how much um, people in Asia eat the babies i know here we eat the babies mm-hmm. but i know in japan the main market is for adults mm. and they want yeah yeah unagi oh, yeah unagi it's is very a very popular sushi, yeah. famous dish in sushi yeah yeah and so yeah the issue is they like to have the babies and they'll buy them they traditionally would raise them in rice paddy fields mm. and so they would help with controlling insects and you know there's good things about the whole culture as well mm. but of course like most species they're declining mm. so yeah just last year they put i think uh eel in general they just like well maybe it's not the best species to eat you know mm. and so it, it's it's very dependent on which region you're getting it from because some some subspecies are kind of like more under pressure than others so I guess the ones here aren't under so much pressure, but, you know, like eating babies is not the best way to go. <laughs> well, and, it, and I think the, the most, the, the, the main issue is that they weren't following all the controls or the regulations of the, the trade, right? So they weren't following well, fishing standards yeah, because, or fishing regulations because, and, and then yeah, because sanitary the moment, regulations. The moment, the moment the thing is not considered, it's in, considered like a, a, a species of concern, yeah. Yeah. then you're not supposed to be just eating it. Like, yeah. So you're not, not allowed to do it. So yeah. of course you're going to have problems. But like I'm sure there's legal ways to do it. 
Yes, and there is. It's just um, then you you know you're you've got also Probably limits. Gonna, you're not supposed exactly. to get 100% of the babies or right. or things yeah. like that. Yeah. Because there's also a lot of issues with the eels. Traditionally, they go up one stream and they have babies up at the top of the stream. And the, the babies, they swim out to see grow up when once they're born mm-hmm. out of eggs. And then they come up to the same stream to lay eggs again mm-hmm. when they're adults, years and years later. Right. So because of that, it's like very hard. Like if, if, if a population goes extinct in a stream... You might not get any. You won't get anybody coming back to yeah. lay eggs. Yeah. So then you have to have a whole thing of putting the babies in as babies or as eggs in the stream to see if they come back to the stream. And that sometimes works. That sometimes doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So it's a very hit and miss thing. And, and so, you know, you can have certain streams and river systems that are very successful and still have yields, but you can have ones that have collapsed. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an issue, guys. Yeah, well, we should well, yeah, be careful yeah. with eel and uh, eat it with. I don't. Uh, I mean, I've caution. tried them because it's just basically cod. What I've eaten. Oh, you're you're talking about the pretend ones. <laughs> the pretend ones yeah. I've eaten. That's you know on a pincho, but like to me, it's problem. not appetizing at all. That's not a problem. To see little worm-like things on your food. Yeah, it's just like it's, it's like fish pasta is what they make really. Yeah. The pretend version of it is just a little exactly. fish pasta. Yeah, fish pasta. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Shall I tell another one? Uh, go for it. Okay. So, a court in San Sebastian has ruled in favor of a chef or a restaurant. So, Paulo Airaudo. Airaudo. Okay. So, he was, um, he was sued, this mm-hmm. chef, because he runs this restaurant, uh, the Amalia restaurant. In Paseo de la Concha in San Sebastian. Okay. Um, he has just achieved his second Michelin star. Mm. He um, charged three clients, or at least one of them, the one that made the reservation, mm-hmm. 510 euros for mm-hmm. not showing up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they Ouch. made a reservation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't show up, and he charged them what the three meals would have cost wow. at his restaurant. Wow. So the client then sued him. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the chef wow. won. Oh, the chef won? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. I mean, I can't say so, I disagree. I'm kind of ambivalent about it. Yeah, because I guess these restaurants are really high demand. Very and high these tables are very high demand, you know. So he could have... So for him, it was like losing money, right? Yeah. If you had the excuse that you phoned the same day... So he charged each client, so the three of them, 170 euros each. That's the price of the So the man warned that he would take the matter to court for having already charged the sum of three covers, 170 euros each, Mm -hmm. on his card without having enjoyed any service at the restaurant. He knew when he could have the service enjoying. Yeah, but he (laughs) changed his mind. So he was like a guy traveling. So according to this story, it sounds like the Mm -hmm. guy called... That's the thing. And then he decided to delay his visit by 24 hours and tried to postpone his reservation at the hotel, which is in the same building as the restaurant. Wow. Okay. So he figured, because he had changed his reservation at the the hotel, that it would then transfer to the restaurant, which it did not because they are separate entities. There are some gray areas there, to be sure. Yes. So then when the, when he didn't, 
cancel at the restaurant, mm-hmm. they charged him. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, be careful, guys. Don't. So don't. they accept cancellations up to 72 hours in advance. Ooh. Okay. Oh. Otherwise, you're going to be charged 170 euros for canceling. So that's that's a very interesting. It's good to know. It's good. Noted. Noted. Yeah. Don't make a reservation and then just last minute cancel it. Yeah. I've been thinking if I want to go. <clears throat> because uh, let's see what he says. He affirms. This is what the the um, the chef said. He mm-hmm. says the the non appearance of these clients. Mm-hmm entailed an economic damage for his business yeah. that seeks excellence and distinction both in obtaining the raw material aka lobster from scotland or products originating from japan wow yeah he gave his examples as mm. well as the preparation and the subsequent presentation so he goes through all that trouble for an empty table and then he loses <laughs> money on it so. A bit overdramatic of the <laughs> I know, explanation. I know. Well, he's the one that got sued, fair. so he had to like build a defense, right? I, and you, yeah, and like you say, this is why I charged him a hundred, no, five hundred and ten euros. It's for three people. Expensive for not having anything. And we're back. Hello, there, everybody. <laughs> we're back again. So, my story now. Okay. Another one. My, my last story. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just, I was wondering. This one is not in Nicaragua, right? No, it's very Basque. So, it's, uh, well, they're all ba- Basque related. But this is uh, a court ruling that was given in Vitoria, Gasteiz, the capital of the Basque country. Mm-hmm. So the ruling from the judicial was saying that you have to accept policemen from municipal police that don't have the level B2 in Basque. And B2 would be like intermediate, upper upper intermediate intermediate Mm -hmm. Basque. Exactly. So since 2019, or a little bit before, they have been demanding that you have that to enter one or two hundred people had been rejected because they didn't have the this level B2 and now because of the ruling they have to be accepted I disagree with this ruling profoundly and I'm very upset by it and and, and I was yeah we're really stressing out about it because it's very depressing that we have to you know fight for our police to speak the language of the Basque country in 2023 I'm I'm really disgusted that the fact that it was a judge in in Vitoria Gasteiz that came out with this and you know it's within the Basque country even it's more offensive even you know we're fighting there's only about a third of people who use Basque day to day I know that younger people have more Basque in their lives but they don't necessarily use it day to day you know so Mm -hmm. The fact that we're, it's a very slippery slope, and I don't like it at all. This article was saying at the end, that was the, just this just came out this week, but at the end they were saying that the government is probably going to, they're going to appeal because, as I said, communities that are missing a person. Will they need more police? If, if they need more, another police, you don't know which 
municipality they're in and whether it's a majority Basque speaking municipality. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about it because I, I don't know. I know that, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to get into it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I, I, I know you're ambiguous about the, the theme and, and I, and, and um, it's, it's, you know, everybody is free to have their own opinions. And you know that I'm very committed to the cause of Basque language, especially. Yeah, I know you and are. And so, you know, I think Basque autonomy in a political sense is very important to safeguard Basque. I understand your passion for it. And, uh, and we probably differ on a few things. We've had a lot of... Douglas and I have known each other for a very long time. We had a lot of very emotional arguments yeah. over the years, yeah. where we both ended up crying. <laughs> yeah, but it's just because we disagree on some things. But I'm not—I don't disagree with your. I mean, I disagree with every friend of mine on a lot of things. <laughs> of course, we do. That's why yeah. we're individuals. Yeah, but exactly. You know, that's exactly. the beauty of friendship—is that we know we're different, yes. but we love each other absolutely. And we believe in, in a lot of things in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. That's the most important We agree thing. more than we disagree. Of course. What was our rule? 80% is enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go with a more lighthearted story. Out of Donosti again. Donosti. Yeah. The heart of the Basque-speaking country. <laughs> they do speak a lot more Basque than Bilbao, they for are, sure. Statistically. Yeah. So, a parked car. Okay, we're starting in the havoc. <laughs> oh, really? A parked car. This is the best thing about this story. A parked okay. car. So, a parked car ran over the terrace oh. of a bar in Gross, the Gross neighborhood. You know Gross? It's part of the Nasty. Yeah, it's a neighborhood that has a lot of nice... Yeah, I like... I, like, I, I spend a lot of time in Donosti. Because I have friends that live there. Goyo. Hey, Goyo. Hi, Goyo. Hi, Sergio. Hi, Sergio. <laughs> I don't know if Sergio listens, but it's Goyo true. definitely does. Yes. Um, so a parked car ran over the terrace of a bar in the gross neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm still confused. Was there a lot of wind involved? How was the parked car? No. This is what happened. <laughs> the handbrake wasn't oh, on. Oh, no. So it basically was parked mm-hmm. near the terrace. And then I guess it just started Start rolling, moving downhill uh-huh. into the terrace. Oh. So it just ran into all the tables and chairs. Um, of course, it's silent. So no, did people realize it was coming? Well, yeah. Like people had to jump out of the way. Oh. This is around 9 p.m. at night. Oh. And Prime it time. was on a slight slope, it says in the story. So uh, the customers who were sitting in the outdoor terrace of the premises at the front at the foot of the street were kind of impacted by the car. Oh my gosh. But nobody really got that hurt. Well, if it wasn't too fast. And it was stopped by a pot, like a, like a large pot <laughs> at the end. Like that was probably holding like some lovely flowers. <laughs> so is this our first? So the car was like just barreling through the tables yeah, and the yeah, chairs yeah, right, right, and everybody right, right, that was sitting on the okay, terrace okay, and then okay. just was stopped by this pot, probably of flowers. At some the minor end. drama. Yes. Yeah. Is, is it... So there were ambulances sent to the oh, scene. Oh, so bad. I know. That's it was sent bad. to the scene. Um, there were no significant injuries. 
but they had to attend to several people after having suffered scratches and being shaken by fright. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess we can see how how so, uh, how they... high how high up the echelon that neighborhood is, right? Yeah, people are like, people are very sensitive in that this neighborhood. Is drama yeah. at the highest level, yeah. I mean, if it's a is that kind of it's a nice part of town, right? So it's, well, I mean, the whole town is nice. It is. It's not really a bad part of town. It's true, but gross, <laughs> it's nasty. gross specifically. I it's, I hear with with tones. Why not? No, no, it's a nice. Just, it's no, but like okay, nice. La Concha, where the restaurant, the Michelin restaurant, was located, that mm-hmm. charged the guy five hundred and ten euros. That's a nice, nice yeah, part yeah. of town, right? Gross was like the the part of town that was like outside of that right okay so but now it's super trendy and oh. so there's a lot of like new so it's like recently gentrified kind of but like the whole thing is gentrified the whole place yeah. is like the whole Denosti, nice sure. yeah like yeah. there's no bad part of town no in no. Denosti. it's gorgeous guys it's gorgeous you gotta <laughs> the whole go. thing you is gotta go it's lovely there's no no riffraff <laughs> no no too expensive it's very even expensive. the bus there is expensive, it's too expensive to, yeah to go there and do any bad shit <laughs> Oh, the so, nasty. Or, or, as we might say in this occasion, nyonyosti. Yes. Nyonyo. You have to explain what that is. What is nyonyos? Nyonyo. So nyonyo is it's like if you call a guy nyonyo. Ay, que nyonyo eres, right? Oh my gosh, you're so nyonyo. Okay. It's kind of like saying, oh, you're so posh. Ah, uh, okay. Like, right. so it's with posh. Posh in perhaps a slightly more silly way. Yeah, like like yeah. almost like insulting. It is definitely it's is, definitely it is definitely insi- yeah. insulting. Like yeah, I guess you could call you posh in a nice way. <laughs> I've never heard. It. I've you never. You can call me that. I mean yeah, but like yeah, I'm just I'm just yeah. It's been a long time I haven't heard the word posh in a nice context is what i mean no true but nyonyo is a lot of people get offended by nyonyo is not evil it's not bad but it is silly like it's It's like upper class or like yeah like like you're too so this is a perfect example image oriented or something yeah Yeah. in my in my my brain because if you say you're nyonyo it's like oh you're kind of like a weak and silly and you've got wrong priorities in a way i guess yeah so if if you're shocked and a horrified and horrified by, this by a, car. a car that that just slids and you need an ambulance yeah to you know to you. that that would be perfect occasion to call somebody <laughs> yeah, totally. so because donosti is such a rich place people sometimes play with the name of Donosti and call it Nyonosti, oh, which is perfect for, yes. for this occasion, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, that's so uh, it all came to an end when a group of people managed to remove the vehicle from the terrace and held it down to prevent it from moving again. So they got the tables back. <laughs> <laughs> they just stopped. They all just went and put their hands on the car, basically, to stop it from... Hilarious. It hit the pot and then everybody went to... You know, put their hands on it. Reorganize the tables. <laughs> to prevent it from moving again. Mm-hmm. And the owners of the car went down to the street after hearing all the noise. Oh <laughs> and then activated God. their... Then they just put on the handbrake. The handbrake. <laughs> I mean, the drama. The drama. Julie. Like, so anyway, that story is 
funny because I, you know, found it this morning while looking for stories to talk about tonight. And tonight when I was leaving work, I was crossing one street Mm-hmm. And there was a cop car in the middle of the street with its lights on. Okay, surprise. And it appeared as though a car that had been parked in a parking spot had rolled out into the street. It looked like the same thing. And I was like, oh my God, that's like the story I just found Perfect. about a car that was just parked and somebody didn't put on the, the handbrake. Our second parking crime. Or the emergency brake. Yeah. Our second cra- parking crime. Yep. Never had so there one of those. you go. That's the mini crime time for tonight. Even parking can be a crime, guys. Yeah, put on the handbrake. Put on the handbrake. Actually, I have a story that I did in Boise, Idaho. I did not put on a, the handbrake. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. It was horrible because it wasn't my car. It was Ooh. my friend's car. It didn't hit anything. But I was lucky, Julie. I know. I was parked in the. Uh, parking garage at my university. Okay. And I parked and I was leaving and I was walking and then I heard people yelling and I turned around and I saw the car, my friend's car that I had borrowed rolling out into the middle of the... Parking. And I was like, oh my God! (laughs) So I didn't put on the handbrake. So that actually did happen. So did it sort of stop by itself? Or did you have to... Yeah, it was rolling out, but there were people kind of trying to stop it because people were worried it was going to hit a a car. Excellent. And so it didn't hit anything. Community. 10 points. But it was really embarrassing more than anything. It was more like, oh my God, that's my, that's my, (laughs) (laughs) I did that. You know, I had to turn around and go back and like... Hey, at least there was not... on the handbrake. Imagine if some rich people were sipping wine in a bar... And then it ran through like tables and stuff. Like way worse. That wasn't as bad. Yeah, it would have been a lot worse. Could have been worse. Ten points, boys. Could have been worse. (laughs) 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 But I have had that happen. So it's it's you know it's possible. It does happen. Feel your pain. Feel your pain. It was pretty embarrassing. Thanks everybody for joining us again. Thank you. Yes. Please please remember to give us a like sometimes and send us stories. Also, if you've got any. Also, and the diaspora uh, of the Basque country, and and we want to just remind people um, on the dawn of AI, when AI is going to get all our jobs, please like <laughs> our podcasts and give us a rating and, a, and just comment on how you found it or a review. Yeah. See you in a couple See weeks. See you next time. Yeah. We bid you a good. Crimes of the Basque Lands is written and produced by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. The sound and editing for each episode by Douglas D. Carvalho, and Megan Dooley. Theme song written by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. Sung by the choir with no name and produced by Tom Squires. Podcast art by Distinct Signal. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Crimes of the Basque Lands and contact us at crimesofthebasquelands at gmail.com with story ideas worldwide which have a connection to the Basque Country, or any rave reviews. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, like, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, Agur! agur.